are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another great episode. This Friday episode heading into Super Bowl weekend. We are going to talk about the challenge to start out with. I've got the audio from Olivia talking about her relationship with Horacio. We're also going to talk about the Traders, episode seven last night. Farmer Wants a Wife continues on. I watched episode two last night. Got some thoughts there. We're going to break down what April from Askin did say back in January because I haven't gone over that. A lot of you have mentioned that to me, and that's the reason. However, we haven't gotten the other side, but we'll give you April's side of all of this. And unfortunately, Laura Owens in the news again. We'll get to all that momentarily. But let's start with this. I told you yesterday that I saw a clip online. Olivia has a podcast that she does with her sister, Olivia Kaiser, from The Challenge. And I guess this episode was released after Wednesday's episode of The Challenge, where she's asked by her sister, how did you and Horacio get cast on Ride or Dies? And... Let me just play her sister asking her the question and Olivia answering. Me in the first place, like how did that get? Because our management, together? literally our management knew that I was contacted for the show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I have this guy that could be your partner. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. And then me and Rossio met and we like have been like friendly since yeah, you then. Guys vibed and then. We vibed, yes. But then we went on the show and if I'm there just being 100% real, mm-hmm. me and him never clicked like a ride or die, if that makes sense. I'm not discrediting our friendship. We definitely grew a friendship, but it's not best friends like everyone's talking about. And you know this, obviously, but like if people it could have just, been, if it could have been like boy or girl or like anybody that you could have like truly picked that wasn't on TV, then he wouldn't have been your first choice. Well, he wouldn't. I wouldn't have known him. Right. Right. To be my choice. Yeah. So. Um, I'm. I'm so grateful he was, and I love him. Yeah. To this day, um, and I think he's a great person, but. For the narrative to be that me and him are best friends and that, you know... um, That's what they were pushing you guys to do or say. Yeah, and that's hard for me too because I felt like even on Ride or Dies, we were not close and I kind of did play that game by myself. And I was like, damn, and that's why it was nice to even have Nelson that season because I had someone to like hang out with every day and balance my problems off of and not really Mm -hmm. have to go run to everyone to talk about like how lonely I felt. Because I still talked about how lonely I felt on Ride or Dies. They just don't air it. You know, on this past season that yeah. just aired, you talked about Ryder Dies feeling lonely. No, on Ryder Dies, oh, I okay. did feel lonely, but I, they never edited that in the show to show. Oh, because they wanted it, you guys to seem seamless and yes, like, no problem. A million percent, they wanted us to be seamless. Okay, so she says that about Rossio, and you know they aren't longtime friends, and it, it it isn't anything like that. But then someone was able to pull footage from Rossio on Ryder Dies. And this is what, um, in a in a confessional during one of the challenges, Olivia and Horacio are being interviewed, and this is what Olivia said. Rider dies because we met a long time ago, 2014. I'm a very energetic rider dies because we met a long time ago, 2014. Okay, so I played it twice for you because it's just a really short clip. So she's lying back in Ride or Dies that they met on 24, in 2014. So when she lies about that, she lies about their friendship, you're like, okay, kind of weird. And then you look at her behavior this season with Horacio, 
If she wasn't close to him at all and she didn't feel any sort of allegiance to him, why is she so upset about him possibly betraying her? And it just it's not adding up. You know, I'm I if if they were never close, that's fine. Well, then she lied about it on Ride or Dies. And I don't know what Horacio has said about their relationship. I don't think he's come out and admitted it because she just said this two days ago. So I'm guessing that Horacio hasn't addressed the fact that they met because of their management team, put them together so they could appear on a reality show together. They didn't know each other since 2014. Uh, so, yeah, I'm. that's my guess. Um, I think there are rumors floating around that they, like, ran into each other in college or something like that. Like they knew of the other person, but it wasn't until Ryder dies where they were put together as a team. So, you know, again, I think we're going to find out a lot more at the reunion because this is something where, again, I'm kind of dealing with this in the bachelor world right now with the Sydney and Maria stuff where it's like, look, the show is controlling the narrative and they're not letting the audience in on what's really going on. And it turns the audience against certain people when maybe it should be turned against someone else, or maybe we shouldn't be turning against anybody. We're dealing right now with that with Sydney and Maria because there's clearly things that people close to Sydney have heard of or know. I'm not close to Sydney, but I've heard the same things that Ashley I is basically alluding to when she defends Sydney on her on her podcast. I've heard the same things, but I'm not going to be able to throw it out there because I can't prove it. But in terms of the examples. But what I can say is there seems to be, because numerous people are saying this, stuff left on the editing room floor when it comes to Maria. Sydney is not calling her a bully out of thin air. She's not calling her a bully because of a Medina comment. She's calling her a bully because of things that apparently Maria specifically did to Sydney, did and said. But when you can't have these contestants talk about stuff that doesn't air, and you allegedly are leaving things on the editing room floor, it's just going to create this chaos online. And, you know, Narice has been very, very vocal on Twitter all season. She hates Olivia now. And there seems to be a lot of bad blood there. And I don't know what's going to be said at the reunion. we got to wait a couple weeks for that. But just hearing that clip right there, it's like, okay, you had us fooled. I mean, I didn't know. People that are not, like, diehard Challenge fans – I'm sure the diehards of the challenge franchise were very, very well aware that Olivia and Horacio were probably put together for that show, and they didn't know each other for a long time. This is the first time hearing of it. This was, podcast was literally, I think, yesterday or the day before. So it's out there. Olivia put it out there that they were not close, and she didn't even feel close to him during Ride or Dies once they were teamed up. Okay, then. So then it shouldn't matter. Then why are you even acting as a friend are acting any sort of betrayal from him on this season and battle for a new champion. So it's just, you can't pick and choose when you want to be close with Horacio and when you don't, you know, that's, that's the confusion that I'm getting is that it's seemingly she's picking and choosing her narrative and she seems to be getting away with an edit that is favoring her. Cause I don't think, I mean, Olivia did get, I don't want to say a bad edit last episode, but she admitted her mistake and she's like, yeah, I should have saved Norris, but Norris still hates her. So is Norris still hate her because of that one time she sent her in? I mean, Norris probably should let it go because Norris can end up coming back and being the winner unless it was like, look, you hung your friend out to dry. I don't want to be friends with someone 
who hangs their friend out to dry. Well, then it becomes, well, how close the friends are they? Like, it's just a tangled web that maybe we'll get some answers for at the reunion. The other thing we come to find out, or I came to find out by looking at the um, that same Instagram account, is from the challenge on Wednesday night, the challenge that they had to participate in, you know, that hamster wheel thing where they fell off. Apparently, there were some major injuries. According to Olivia, she popped her implant and broke three ribs when she fell into the water from the hamster wheel. Apparently, Michelle broke two ribs when she fell from the hamster wheel. And Colleen got a concussion. She didn't even remember being on the hamster wheel. So that thing is like a death trap. I hope they don't do that again. But yeah, apparently Olivia on that same podcast talked about she popped or ruptured uh, one of her implants falling off that thing. And then she had to go compete against Norris and James. So I don't even know how she did that with three broken ribs and a popped or ruptured implant, but she did. Now, maybe that had something to do with the fact that she never got past the first stage, which was the puzzle. Remember, she was on the puzzle for the whole time while Norris completed all three. So it could have been like she was in so much pain. She didn't care to advance. She knew she couldn't. I think she said in the same podcast, I couldn't have gotten past I couldn't even run in the final with my injuries. So I don't want to say that she threw it or just whatever, but it sounds like she wouldn't have been much of a challenge in the final anyway. But I just want to, I really want to get to the reunion of this season because there's just a lot there and you just wish, you know, we could get some answers and maybe we will uh, come reunion show. Got a new sponsor for the podcast, Mint Mobile. You know, we break down some tea on this podcast. We share tea. And when I give tea, you guys all like talking about tea with someone else, right? Well, right now, the best deal in wireless is at Mint Mobile. Why don't you tell your friends that? For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. What are you paying right now for your wireless subscription? Over 100 bucks, I guarantee you. 15 bucks a month at Mint Mobile. They are here to rescue you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans and draw jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch those overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's Limited time deal. Get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. That's mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, moving on. Let's talk about The Traders, Episode 7 that aired last night. If you haven't watched it yet, you might want to mute or fast forward through this. Last week, they ended the episode with Parvati and Phaedra, mostly Parvati, trying to recruit Peter to join them as a trader. And I said at the time, I'm like, he's basically got to accept this, right? Because he doesn't know that there's no murder. If he knew that there was no murder, if he turns it down, then he'd be more inclined to turn it down. But he didn't know that. 
However, he ended up turning it down, and there was no murder. But then Peter's doing a 180 about Parvati being a traitor because I think he assumes, well, if Parvati was a traitor, she surely would have murdered me last night. And he's still there. The other thing that he said that I found interesting was the fact that even Bergy, I think it was Bergy that brought it up, but Peter's reasoning was just like, Peter's reasoning for why he turned it down was the exact reason I thought he would take it. I thought he would be so smart to take it because everyone in his five-person faithful alliance, the the most faithful faithfuls, that alliance that he has of five people, they would never suspect him in a million years if he went and turned traitor. But that's the exact reason why he didn't accept becoming a traitor. He said he couldn't do that to his faithfuls. Maybe he's just too nice of a guy. I don't know. But that was his reasoning. Like, I can't lie to Dan and Trishel and whoever else is in it. I always I keep forgetting who's in his five-person alliance. I still think he should have taken it, and he could still could have gotten away. I mean, it's a game, and it's almost like he's involving his personal feelings too much. He didn't know these people before he arrived there. I think it would have been okay if he ended up getting to the end and winning money, and maybe he does get to the end and win, but he just said, I want to win as a faithful. I want to win the right way. I don't want to win as a traitor. That's fine. I mean, to each their own. I just thought he was going to take it. I didn't see why he would turn it down. It w- I just think he would have been so not suspected by his own group. Because he was able to get away with Bergy because Bergy even said, like, hey, he's been saying poverty is a traitor. And then at the breakfast, once he showed up, he was kind of doing a 180, saying he didn't think it was poverty. So the episode goes on. And it's clear that Peter, I guess, is still going after Parvati. And Parvati's going after Peter. But then we find out there's not going to be a roundtable that night. However, there will be a murder. And the way they did it was almost like kind of how the challenge did it. They had one person, you know, they, they brought them all out there. And two people, it was, um, it was Sandra and um, the guy from Bling Empire ended up getting shields. So Peter was vulnerable. And I believe there were nine people that were vulnerable to be murdered, but five of them could be saved. And it was the same thing as the challenge where you choose one person and that person chooses one person to save and that person chooses one person to save and so on and so forth. Peter ended up being the fifth person saved. So now there's only four people that could be murdered and it's Trishel and... I'm already sorry, I'm blanking. <laughs> but if you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. And we'll find out at the beginning of next episode who Parvati and Phaedra ended up murdering. It looks like it's going to be Trishel or MJ, one of those two. Those are the two that when the names came up, they were like, this would be a possibility. And then the other one, yep, this would be a possibility as well. And they make the decision. So it's going to be one of those two seemingly that goes home. There is good news when it comes to the traitors. And that is Peacock has announced it was picked up for a third season. So we're going to get the traders probably filming this summer 
and airing next January or February, and probably the same exact thing. I don't know anything about casting. They're probably months away from it happening. I am just 100% convinced that Nick Vial is going to be on the next season of The Traders. People have been telling me he's been talking about it. People have been telling me he's actually kind of positioning himself for it, like he wants to be on it. And considering they've chosen Ari, they've chosen Peter, like he would be the perfect guy, a former bachelor. You know, just like Dancing with the Stars always has an athlete and always has a Disney person and always has an old actor or actress and always has someone from the Olympics. Like they cast the same thing every season, just different people. We've seen two seasons. Yes, it's a small sample size, but we've seen two seasons of The Traders, and both seasons have included one former Bachelor. Well, if they're going to continue that, I'm guessing they're not going after Clayton. They're not going after Juan Pablo. Probably not going after Zach. This game is right up Nick's alley. And the fact that he's talking about it, the fact that he's promoting it, the fact that he's mentioning he wants to be on it, would not be the least bit surprised if he ends up on next season. But I'm just saying, I have no knowledge of anything because they're months away. I don't even think they've even reached out to people, or maybe they have privately. Whatever the case may be, don't be surprised if Nick is on next season. I'm just saying. Let's talk a little Farmer Wants a Wife. Episode 2 aired last night, and what it was was, you know, all four men. Let's see, Brandon, Mitchell, Ty, and Nathan all live on four different farms in four different states. I think it's Florida, Missouri, Colorado, and Nashville. I'm not great on matching up who's in which city just yet. I'll get there eventually as we get more episodes. But in episode one, each farmer went from eight women down to five and then chose one to get 24 hours on the farm with him before the other four arrived. One of the women that the guy chose, I think her name was Mackenzie, and that was Nathan's girl, she had a family emergency, so she did not show up. So he did not have any sort of one-on-one date, so he had to wait for his other four to show up. The other ones that went on dates, I'm, I'm not good with everybody's names just yet, but I think the big thing last night, uh, the, the one I am aware of, and I'm already forgetting which guy she's with, is Reba. And she doesn't like Noah? Noel? They couldn't be any more different, but you can see stuff brewing between them. And Reba, I believe, is with... I'm mixing up Brandon and Mitchell. I know who Nathan is, blonde-haired guy, the one whose date had family issues at home, and I know who Ty is. Ty is the oldest one. Kind of looks like Byron Velvick, a little bit. Not too much, but he's definitely the older one in the group. So Mitchell and Brandon, I know one of them is Colorado, and uh, I, I forget where the other one, because Ty is in Missouri, Mitchell or Brandon is in Colorado, and then, so I think it's Brandon, and he went with Reba, and they had a date in the barn, and I was just sitting there going, why isn't this woman talking? He's asking her questions. And she's literally not giving any answers. And he's just like, I know it's tough for you. I want to crack that wall. And I want you to open up. And he's just asking her basic stuff about herself. And she wouldn't answer. Now, granted, this could be editing. I'm not dumb to think that 
they're making her seem like she doesn't answer questions when she's asked direct questions about her life, and she just is, like, smiling. So, could be, but... Um, and then at the end of the episode, each farmer was asked, if there's somebody here that you don't see a future with, you can let them go right now. And I think only one of them eliminated. Ty eliminated Aaron. So, Ty's down to four women... Nathan has four women because the first woman couldn't come because she had a family emergency. And Brandon and Mitchell kept all of their women. They didn't eliminate anybody. So they have five each. And then next week, I guess, is a group date where they're all back together again. Looks like it was at a Clemson football game. How about that? Go Tigers. Did Dabo Sweeney, does he make an appearance on the show and bitch about NIL? Sorry, that's a little too inside sports for you. Anyway. But I, you know, it's enjoyable. I want to see. I want to see a little more drama. I want to see what's going on. I. The thing about it is, it's an hour. You know, we talk about the Bachelor being two hours, and they really extend it out. This is an hour, and it's got four bachelors in it that are each dating a group of different women. So, you just don't feel like everybody gets enough time, and that's why I'm not great with the names yet, because I'm trying to figure. You know, they're just going from. This farm to this farm. Okay, let's check in on what Ty's doing with his women. And then, oh, let's go to Colorado and see what Brandon's doing with his or Nathan in Florida with his women. It's just like, I guess when it gets down to one or two, it'll be a little easier. It was kind of like, you know, a little bit like Joe Millionaire. Because remember uh, when Kurt and Steven had their group of women? You know, there was still, it was basically like an hour episode, but you're dealing with two bachelors. And you're like, okay, who's on what side now? And that's with two bachelors. This one is four. So... Yeah, it's a little bit tough, but it's an easy show to watch. It's an easy watch. Um, a lot of attractive women on the show. Fun to watch. So I'll, I'll stick it out. I'll, I'll, I'll watch till the end and and see what comes about. And finally, unfortunately, I want to end with this. Uh, good news and bad news. Good news is crazy Laura Owens has dropped her lawsuit against Dave Neal which never should have been a lawsuit in the first place, yada, yada, yada. I mean, we can talk about that until the cows come home. The bad news is, once again, Laura Owens took to Medium.com last night and wrote another 10-paragraph diatribe attacking Dave. She literally... So this this is the mind manipulation of her because... I think she realizes by dropping her case against Dave, she essentially is admitting defeat, but she can't ever fully admit defeat, so she takes to the internet last night and writes a 10-paragraph scathing article about him. At no point in this 10-paragraph article, it might be more, at no point in this article, immediate, you know how these articles now, it, it, sh- it tells you how long it should take you to read it? This says it should take you five minutes to read, so it's pretty hefty and it's pretty long. She basically, at no point in this five-minute article, ever talks about what happened to her babies, ever talks about any of the accusations against her, and never talks about why she could never produce a belly, why she could never produce, why she had a belly on a hearing that was on a Zoom that she didn't even know was being recorded. She's never, she never says one thing about, I was able to access my patient portal to show people. Else. Just nothing about that. Totally flipping the story and blaming Dave for everything and all this harassment that she's getting and a couple screenshots she's included of people saying nasty things to her and saying things to her mother. But just never taking it, like, the whole story is about look at what Dave has done. 
And it's just like she leaves. The thing is, it's so infuriating to read something like this because she leaves so many things out about what she has done. Dave hasn't done anything but cover a public case. She talks about, oh, I mean, she turns it into like Dave's essentially stalking her because he talks about this case every day and he won't let it go. Yeah, because you give him shit to talk about every single day when you write Medium articles and we find more and more guys from your past that completely you took to the court and used the court system against them. It's just like all this stuff. She doesn't understand. And it's just infuriating, you know, as a friend of Dave to read this, that she wrote this garbage, that Medium article that I'm sure Dave's going to cover in a video tomorrow. It's just laughable. But the good thing is, she took her lawsuit off the table, which basically means she knew she was never going to win. So basically, once again, she used the court system to basically bleed a guy dry out of money to deal with this legally. You know, I'm not saying Dave has no money left. I'm just saying that he spent a shit ton of money to defend it only for her to pull the lawsuit the day before he was supposed to fly to California to meet and do a hearing. You see what I'm saying? Like... This is the type of crazy that we're dealing with. So once again, my thing, my message to her still stands. Get some help, come clean, admit that you were never pregnant to begin with, and this all goes away. But after that article last night, she's not anywhere close to admitting it. She wants to blame other people and never takes responsibility for anything. Basically what Clayton said in that podcast he did. Doesn't want to take responsibility, doesn't care about other people's feelings. She only cares about herself. It's disgusting. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. You got to hit play now. Don't just let it download into your feed. Please hit play. If you miss an episode, go back and hit play as well. Hope you enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Go Chiefs. Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you.